1: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Tucked away down a quiet street not far from Howell Mill Road on Atlanta's west side, you'll find the Goat Farm Art Center. It's a compound of artist studios, residences, and performance and event spaces. While there are some goats, it has long been a community where artists can live, exchange ideas, and get projects off the ground. Well, the Goat Farm recently announced a $250 million transformation, and here to tell us about the expansion is Anthony Harper. He is founder and co-owner of the, gar- the Goat Farm. Anthony, welcome. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: Well, thanks for being here. Let's go back to the origins of the Goat Farm, getting it start late in 2008. How did you land on this piece of property?
0: So actually it was uh it was a friend of mine that introduced me to the property um he really just wanted me to go take a look at it for the interesting architecture but uh, when we went to go tour the site we fell dangerously in love with the campus there and uh, we wanted to uh, take a shot at doing something with it so we went and found a, a partner and we uh, put it under contract together uh, but the recession was starting uh, the recession quickly um, uh uh put our partner out of business actually. Uh, we decided to hold on to it um, and uh uh so we structured a deal um, an arrangement with the current seller at the time that allowed us to essentially take over the property without purchasing it first and treat it as if it were our own and so we began to build um, art studios, practitioner spaces. Uh, as a way to generate cash flow, to pay options on our contract until the recession was over. Um, But ultimately, we uh, never stopped doing that. Uh, We never uh, went with our traditional redevelopment plans, obviously. And now a decade later, we uh, are something completely different.
1: Yeah. So this was an old cotton mill originally, right? Brick buildings of a cotton mill?
0: Yeah, they manufactured uh, cotton gin machines. So not the cotton itself, but the machines.
1: So then what began as a real estate development deal, really, was growing into an arts locale and hosting DIY shows and concerts. How did that come to be?
0: Um, Mostly because we were interacting with a lot of the artists, and uh, it was impacting us in certain ways, complicated ways. Uh, We started to learn the pain points of the arts ecosystem in Atlanta, and we just started to respond to those pain points in different ways with our model. Uh, and it just kind of grew from there.
1: What, what are some of those pain points in the arts ecosystem, as you put it?
0: You know, in Atlanta, a big one is funding. Yeah. Um, in Georgia, a big one is funding. Uh, so
1: you mean government grants, arts funding, that kind of support, or patrons?
0: Available donations, grants, yeah, just funding for the arts in general. Uh, so uh, that's uh, a big part of what our model has become, is how to internally fund you know, internally provide an arts funding stream for the arts ecosystem in Atlanta um, and to be uh, essentially a self-reliant cultural center that doesn't take donations, doesn't take grants. Uh, Eventually we, you know, over the years, we got to about um, $200,000, $250,000 a year in arts-based funding for the arts ecosystem in Atlanta. Now, uh, under the growth plans will allow us to jump that to about a half a million dollars a year in arts funding.
1: That's a huge jump in scale. Mm. What does that feel like for you and your, your partners, your whole community?
0: We're really excited about it. Um, you know, in, in a city like Atlanta, if we were a nonprofit, um, you know, the idea of being able to uh, find half a million dollars a year of consistent arts funding for emerging arts activity or mid you know mid layer uh, arts activity would be really really challenging. Um, uh, specifically in Atlanta, you know maybe in some other cities it'd be more possible, but I think in Atlanta we've been uh, we, you know we've had to think through a different model, uh, and so our tool happens to be real estate development. Uh, So essentially, we're utilizing real estate development to fund our arts mission.
1: Right. So that's made the business sustainable. Where are so many other arts organizations thinking, okay, we'll create artist space and event space? They have not survived. So it's interesting to me as somebody who, you know, moved to Atlanta relatively recently, a year ago, one of the first places that people told me about, you have to go and see the goat farm, you know, because it is like this little patch of country in the middle of a city. You can see the skyline right there, but it feels like some kind of altered space. And I think it's rustic. It's not slick. So with your expansion, how do you help Retain that sense of place that the goat farm that made the goat farm so special
0: well, certainly it it'll be challenging. Uh, you know, a big part of the aesthetic today is falling down buildings. There's a couple of falling down buildings, and ivy is growing that's ruined out of them. porn for <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and we of course, we find that aesthetic beautiful, uh, very attractive. Um, but a lot of people don't know that we're also. Uh, you know, we're more than just a set of beautiful old buildings. Um, You know, we've got our arts mission as well. You know, so we have um, artist in residence programs. You know, we've got an asset ownership program, a program for other arts organizations around the city where we we try to help them buy their properties to stabilize in their neighborhoods and not have to worry so much about rising rents.
1: So you're patrons of the arts as well?
0: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we're shooting for a half a million dollars a year in arts funding. Um, so there's lots of ways that, you know, over the past decade, we've we've developed programs to, to support the arts as an arts organization, even though we are also a real estate development entity. So to, to generate that kind of funding and to create those support platforms, obviously it, it costs money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while we love those dilapidated buildings uh also what that means is that's it's it's space that's underutilized. Um it's you know, we look at those buildings as arts funding that hasn't uh, reached its full potential yet. So as much as we'll miss the the old look of the goat farm, uh the growth is allowing us to to grow our arts mission as well. You know, it's allowing us to jump our well, we have three artists in residence programs today. Now we can jump that to seven Uh, residency programs and of course I mentioned our arts funding budget will jump from about 250 we're targeting about a half a million uh, a year Um, and this time around we, you know our plan is to also program in the development plan our plan is to also insert and program in uh, other uh, organizations this time around so other programmers so other Uh, gallery concepts or hub concepts, and so they'll be programming on the site as well, doing performances, exhibitions, concerts, etc., alongside um, Goat Farm's uh, programming as well.
1: Anthony Harper is with us. He's founder and co-owner of the Goat Farm Art Center, which is about to embark on an ambitious expansion project that we are learning about. And uh, how about the look of this? $250 million, huge. So clearly you are growing and this is a a transformation on a big scale. What is it going to look like, and what else is there?
0: Yeah, so we're uh, uh, actually moving... uh, The idea is to move the Museum of Contemporary Art of Georgia to the site. Um, So we've gotten through a lot of that work with them. Now they're on to their fundraising campaign, Mm -hmm. so they still have to raise the funds. Um, So we've got our fingers crossed on that. Um, We're actually... um, when we reopen, we'll have more artist studio spaces than we have today. today How about
1: residencies? Will you still have residences?
0: We will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, today we have about sixty-eight thousand square feet of artist studios, practitioner spaces, workspaces. When we reopen, we'll have around eighty thousand square feet, so that we'll we'll grow in that in terms of uh, the number of workspaces we can offer. We'll also have uh, new residential options. It's a it's a blend. We play a balancing act there, since we're self-funding our arts mission. Uh, so we'll have some uh, straight residential options, some live-work options. Some of those will be below market. Some of those are inclusionary zoning affordable units, and some of those are at market. Uh, and we need some at market product, in you know inside the plan, uh, in order to make our our model our arts funding model work. Mm-hmm. We'll also have. Um, 125 room independent arts based hotel. Uh, we'll also have about a, f- a four story, 60,000 square foot experiment in co living. Uh, so the, the upper floors would be uh, uh, co living uh, spaces for creatives, and the bottom floors would be more uh, art studios. Uh, of course, we'll still have our venue uh, where we'll be doing probably 50 or 60 programs a year, performances, exhibitions. A couple of uh, restaurant concepts. We don't want to be a food hall. Um, there won't be any traditional retail, so it's certainly not a shopping center or anything like that.
1: But it sounds like it could be a tourist destination with the hotel and obviously the museum. I think it,
0: I think it's attractive to out-of-towners, um, for sure. Um, you know, if I was from another city and I heard about uh, this uh, kind of self-reliant cultural campus, you know, we we know it's the the first and only fully self-funded cultural center in Atlanta, uh, perhaps in the world. We don't know. We've been looking. We're not sure.
1: Well, but- I'm wondering about, do you have best practices to share with other arts organizations in Atlanta or in other cities across Georgia or across the nation? Obviously you had real estate and that model, paying for having charging rent, would help fund what your arts organization is. Any other best practices that you would want to share?
0: Well, we we do have an experimental program called Beacons. Uh, We started it about six years ago, and the idea behind this program was to help other arts organizations do what we do um, to become asset owners and, and essentially utilize real estate to generate cash flow so that you don't have to worry so much about generating revenue from your actual arts mission or your actual arts model especially when your territory or your universe is contemporary expression or experimental performance, which can be really hard to mix that with revenue and find revenue out of that. That's a complicated conversation. But um, so we've been experimenting with that program around the city with varying degrees of success and failures. Um, but we do actively uh, uh Uh, try to pass along our model to other arts organizations, if if they're interested.
1: Well, Anthony, best of luck to you. You break ground in what? October?
0: Yeah, we're shooting for October, November-ish.
1: Well, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you. Anthony Harper, founder and co-owner of the Goat Farm Art Center on Atlanta's West Side. And we're going to leave you with the story of an artist by Daniel Johnston. Stay with us. Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Principal Guest Conductor Donald Runicles is going to talk about his love of conducting and of flying. I'm Virginia Prescott. That is when On Second Thought continues. About an artist
0: growing old Some would try for fame and glory Others aren't so bold